Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. If you don't know me, my name is Chelsea, and I'm very honoured today to talk about the next step in our series, The Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, Jesus' first big sermon where he kind of um, lays out how his kingdom works. And people were sitting on a mountain listening to, um, what is it? What does your kingdom look like? What does following you look like? And we've been um, getting into that. And I don't know about you, but I am learning a lot. Are you learning a lot from this? I've been really learning a lot and I'm very excited to be the next step, one of the Beatitudes, which is in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, which says, "Pure, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And I think that's really exciting. And as I've been looking into this, there's been a grapple for me because pure in heart, does that sound a little bit terrifying to you? Oh, Okay, you guys might not know me very well, but I was like, how am I supposed to speak into that? And I think what the thing is, and it's a grapple I think as Christians we all have, is that how do we be pure when I don't really seem to get that right? But then Jesus says that he's sorted that out, so I don't need to do works, but then I'm supposed to work? I know, let's go home. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that for me, I don't know about you, but that for me is like, well, hang on, how does all these things go together? Because they seem like they're opposite. And so today I'm really excited about sharing a little bit with you of what I've been learning and I hope that God speaks to you in it. I just want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. Today I have a lot of Bible verses. So if you are a crazy note taker or if you're a Bible follower, I do encourage you today not to try and follow me in the Bible. Write down the reference so that you can look back at it. But if you're going to try and keep up with me, you watch me go today. Okay. So um, yeah, write down the references, but I've got a lot of verses. So don't be like, oh gosh, hang on. This is, this is the modern Bible. <laughs> you know, okay. All these people. You know, with a whole lick finger. My mum used to do that on it. Why do you lick your finger? Uh, anyway. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you want to see God? You want to see God in your life? Yeah, because you know what? The thing about the Beatitudes is it's not talking about these rules and regulations that if you're lucky enough to get enough, then when you die, feel you get to go to heaven. That's not the point, okay? The Beatitudes and what Jesus is trying to talk about here is this is my kingdom right here, right now, in your grasp, right in this moment. This is what your life can look like if you follow me. And that's what we want to really understand is we're talking about today. We're talking about this moment. We're talking about enjoying a connection, seeing God right now in our lives today. And that makes me excited because I think he's a pretty cool bloke and I want to get to know him more. And so what I want to start with today is one question. Do you know that you are perfect? Do you know that? Like really think about that. Do you know that you're perfect? That you have everything inside of you? That you are complete? That you are whole? Do you feel like you live like that? Or do you tell yourself a lie? 
that you're not good enough, that you're broken, that you're wretched, that, oh my gosh, I hope I just get to crawl into heaven. I hope he just doesn't see me as I get past. Do you feel like that? Because that is not true. That doesn't feel right though, does it? Okay, but we are perfect because that is how God sees us and that is how he has made us. Hebrews 8.12 says, And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Never again. So if he doesn't remember your sins, then what are you to him? We're perfect. Under Jesus' Lord and salvation, if you've chosen to accept that, which is a gift, mind you, we can't work for that. We can't do anything good enough for that. But if we accept and acknowledge that gift, then it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus has got this huge gift and says, Take what I'm giving you. You can't do anything and you're seen perfect. Now, I know we've heard this before, right? I hope you have because it's the fundamental part of our faith. But have we actually got it from here to here? Do we actually believe that God meant that? Because I don't know about you, but what I would usually say is, well, that's true in theory, because like that's what the Bible says and that's what you know is going to happen one day but in reality I'm awful but let me reframe that in theory you're not perfect but in reality you are because the reality that we now choose to live under if we accept Jesus in our hearts and we acknowledge that that we can come into his presence the reality is that we are perfect In theory, we're still working it out. Isn't that nice? Now, I've been working on this for quite a few weeks and this has been bending my mind. So I'm thoroughly going to bend your mind today and leave you with a lot of things to take home and ponder. And I know that right now, in your head, the the little voice is going, "Mm, I don't know about that. Mm, Yeah, well, I'd like to see her proof on this. Where's her evidence? Okay, I know that's happening. You know why? Because whoever's done the Discover course, you know I do brain work now. Um, Okay, so that's happening. There's this war in your head, right? Not about that. But the truth is, God's reality is, is he looks down on you and goes, you got everything you need, baby. You are wonderful. I have made you perfect. You have everything. And together with me, we are going to change this world. That is the reality we live under. So my question today is that if that's who we are, how do we learn to live like this? Because I don't know about you, but I'm still working that out. And that's the thing about the Christian walk is we are already perfect, but we are also learning how to live that way. And that's the thing about it, right? It's this kingdom that has come, but is also coming. It is this kingdom that has arrived, but is also arriving. It's something that doesn't make sense in the way the world works now. But that's because Jesus' kingdom doesn't work the way that our world works now, thank goodness. So we need to get our heads out of this way of thinking, these kingdoms that are earthly, into the way of thinking that the kingdom that is heavenly, where things happen differently. 
And so, you know what? I'm amazing. I'm perfect. I am so brilliantly made and I have so much to give this world. You know why? Because my God made me that way. And that's the reality that I want us to grasp onto a little bit closer today because this people will change the world because we are actually extremely influential and extremely powerful. A lot of times we go, oh, you know, I'm just so awful and thank God Jesus is in my life because without it, I don't know. No, if God's in your life or not, you are powerful. It's how you use that power and how you actually shape influence. Because we are human and we are created in the image of Christ. And as that, we have been given power to reign over this earth. Now, which kingdom we allow to reign and which kingdom we bring forth is up to us. And that's what the Beatitudes are about. Who are you following? Which kingdom will come? That's the question. So Jesus isn't trying to give us an ultimatum and say, like, do this or do go, don't go to heaven. He's going, no, bring the kingdom of heaven into the world. And this is how you do it. And I'm laying it down for you. And I'm saying, follow me. And that's what he's talking about. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. So we need to learn and we need to choose to walk in our new life, our new life of God sees us as perfect, that I have this amazing power to change the world and I'm going to choose to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in every single thing that I do because I can. And God has made me with so much potential and I'm going to choose to start seeing me the way that he sees me and together we're going to change the world. I want to do that. All right. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, let's break that down today. So let's start with blessed. All right. Now, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard Matt Fricker talk on what the meaning of blessed is. And he was talking about how it's this pure bliss and this joy that bubbles up inside of you that is here right now. So it doesn't mean that everything goes your way and we get this wonderful life because, you know, sometimes we go the whole abundant life, like living, whoa, we've got money, we've got happy family, I'm healthy. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about in here, Blessed is the pure of heart, not blessed are the rich or the successful or the people who are really good at family or, you know, whatever else. I mean, let's go for those things, sure. Like, let's do the best we can, but it's heart. It's the heart. It's a pure bliss and joy that sits and resonates in here even when things around us don't look that way. That's where the kingdom of heaven lies. So blessed. We are blessed with this pure joy. We are not supposed to eke along till death and go, oh, I'm into heaven where it's nice now. All right? No. It says... In Matthew 6, verse 10, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as in heaven. On earth as in heaven. Not, oh, you know, we'll stay in this awful world and then one day, bang, I get to actually go, ah, and be in heaven where it's lovely. No, bring his heaven down to earth today. 
That's our mandate if we choose to follow Jesus. And how do we do that? All right? So that's what blessed talks about. It says a fullness of life. Sometimes we have such a low expectation of God's life for us. I just got to get by and one day I'll be in heaven and everything will be fine. There's more than that, guys. We've got the Holy Spirit in our hearts. We've got the kingdom at our grasp. That's what Matt was talking about, that it's right, the kingdom of heaven's right here. When Jesus was saying that, he was saying, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It has come. Take hold of it. I'm going to show you how to do that. So we can have an abundance of life, not of things, because that's not life. Abundance of life. God's life inside us. Psalm 16 verse 11, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence, not the burden and living and the pleasures of living with you forever. Joy and pleasure. Not, oh, I know we get stuck on the like, I've got to pick up my cross and I've got to suffer with Jesus. And everything's going to be bad and I really hate my job and everything's stressful and my partner is so draining and my kids are hard work and I you know I'm sick and I'm tired, but bless God. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Now, I know I'm, you know, a performer, but I'm not joking. We do that. We do that. But that's not what the Bible says. Yeah, sure. They say you've got to suffer with Christ. He means, you know, they're not going to like everything you do, guys. That's different. But in here, you know, actually following him and learning to shape and change the way we think and we do and we behave and respond to be in line with God has huge blessings. Blessed. If Beatitude says blessed. It's got huge blessings. It's things like, you know what? My partner might always do that thing that's been grading me for the last 30 years, but I love them. You know, my kids, like they don't listen all the time and they scream really loudly. But you know what? They're created by God. Man, my boss is so annoying and I can do his job better than him. But I'm going to serve them from behind and I'm going to make sure that this business flourishes because I'm going to honour God in that, you know. Um, There's so many different ways it actually brings us joy, even though the external factors of all these other people haven't changed anything. But we all of a sudden are like, joy, peace, love, seeing the greatness in every day and seeing God's kingdom come into our hearts and our hearts do that and then we shine and people go, something different about that person, eh? I like being around them. And then more people that people like being around and we build community and then we build love and then we build connection and who's in the midst of all that? Jesus' kingdom, you know? So we need to reshift our focus to the theory that I am not good enough, to the reality that I am actually perfect, wonderfully made, and I am going to partner with my God and bring his kingdom into here. That is the pure of heart. So let's look at pure. So blessed, wonderful, abundant life. Have a high expectation for how you should feel, okay? That joy and peace and love and all these things, they are actually how God is encouraging us to live. The um, Beatitudes come with promises. You'll be comforted. You'll be given mercy. All right? Like, they're right there. 
So let's start to accept those things. So let's look at pure. Pure of heart, pure. What is that? Because we're, oh, geez, that means I can't sin anymore. I'm stuffed. Well, hang on. Remember how we began? So God said that he's taken that away. He doesn't remember it anymore. And it was a gift from Jesus. We have to remember that. Because I know that even as I was working on this for the last couple of weeks, I was like, God, I need to like tick a few boxes. I'm not getting this right. And then I go, hang on. No, reframe. That's old way of living. New life is already done. Okay, back to how God sees me. All right. Because I was like, ugh. Be merciful, okay. Uh, humble, okay. Yeah, I've got to be pure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think he might let me in. You know, like that's not how it works. It's not how it works. It's because that we won't get in that way. Okay, but we, guess what? We're already in. So it's not about that. It's about actually bringing his wonderful life here right now. Okay, that's what we're talking about. How do I get his wonderful life here right now? Well, how do you do it? Be pure at heart. How do you do that? Okay, pure at heart means this, that there is nothing inside here that is not of me and Jesus. Integrity, wholeness, completeness. It, absence of sin, so low level, guys. Okay, absence of sin, oh, feel... No, 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 no. You are so much more than that. It is not just about not sinning anymore. Is it about more of you and Jesus together to give the, the, the world what you are? It's your integrity. It's your completeness. It's your wholeness with Him. Because we need more of you in the world. The real you, the perfect, wonderfully made, created, poured in through Jesus and come flourishing out. We need that. So pure of heart is not fueled. You know, I didn't like swear today. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I quit smoking. Okay. Woo. No, we're so much more than that, guys. We're so much more. What do you bring the world in your wholeness and your completeness? What do you bring as God brings those pieces back together and he actually creates you? What do you bring? Because that's pure at heart. That's the real pure heart. That's the integrity, the wholeness, the fullness that makes change because Jesus decided to change the world through us. So he needs more of us and him together to do that. That was his choice. I mean, I think it's a crazy choice, right? But lucky for you, I'm not on the throne, right? Like, Why would you do that? But he does. And if we choose to let his kingdom come, then we get to be part of this and we actually get to walk with Jesus. We get to see that happen, you know, like that's how we're created. So pure of heart, our wholeness, getting rid of the junk that is not us, that holds us back, that is sin, okay, because we are with God now. So when we say sin, you know, we talk about sin being the absence um, of God. So let's get more of him and he's created us. So we're part of that. We're his image bearers, right? So let's get more of that. So I think that there's this common thing we go, oh, you know, more of God and less of me. You know, we do that, more of God and less of me. And I know what we mean. We mean sinful nature, right? But we are not sinful nature. You see? We're not sinful nature anymore, guys. That's our old life. Our new life is more of us because we are in the image of God now. Wow. See the difference? I've been really excited about learning about this because I'm like, guys, like we are awesome. <laughs> 
Do you realise that? Like, do you realise that God looks down on us and is like, man, you are made for so much more than what you think. You know, not, oh, Phil, you didn't swear today. Like, he doesn't do that. We do that. But our new life is wholeness. We're already there if we choose to be a part of it. We just have to learn to walk it. So pure of heart is integrity and wholeness. Not super spiro, people. Super spiritual, super spiro. Been in church for a while, you know that one. Not like I, I go to all the prayer meetings and I pray every morning and I've read all the Bible and I have a theology degree. Like, that's not bad, but that's not what we're talking about. And we're also not talking about secular. We're not talking about I'm so hip, I'm so in line, I, you know, like I'm of God, but I like speak the world and I'm in with it and, you know, we make sure we're modern. It's not that either. You know, like Jesus is so much cooler than both of those things and he's trying to get us to get let go of this secular kingdom and this super spiro kingdom and actually find the real kingdom in the middle that is actually so much greater than that. You know, so don't, don't leave here and go, I need to read my Bible more to be a better Christian. You missed the point. Read your Bible more. That's great. Not to be a better Christian, actually to hear more of Jesus in your life. And um, don't go, I need, a, I need to pray more or, you know, I need to go and, you know, do this and do that and do this and do that. And it's so easy to do that because we want an outcome, right? But what if, what if sometimes God's solution is no solution, but it's actually being okay in the unresolved? What if it's okay with actually going, well, you know what? You're never going to find out. Because you can't box me in. I'm Jesus. I'm God. I'm far above your way of thinking. So what if there is no outcome and no solution? What if it's just the walk? Because then the ticker boxes don't matter anymore. You know, Jesus has been doing this a lot to me lately. Because I love a good ticker box. And he's like, but what if, what if it's not about that? Um, I said I was going to tell stories today. Now I lied. I found one. Um, so... For, when I'm when I'm not prancing around on this little stage, um, I I do um, brain training and I um, and I have a business talk, like teaching teachers on how to understand that in the um, classroom, and I wrote a book on that and I've got you know a business on that now and all these courses and I've worked really 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 hard on something that I believe God has asked me to do over the last five years. He threw me in it. I did never I never wanted to be this you know, do this, but I've been loving the journey and hating the journey all at the same time. You know how you do that? Because it's been challenging me and I've grown so much. And then, um, you know, I've kind of feel like I've got all my ducks in a row. Tick, tick, tick. Good business strategy, good people. And, you know, done all my work and I've got my products and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then God said to me about six months ago, what if um, you don't see any resolve from this and this whole thing is just for you to follow me? And I was like, ooh. So it's a really hard journey just for that, you know. And he said, what if, what if um, none of this happens? What if you see no outcome? Will you do it for me anyway? And I said, no. <laughs> and then I went, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't do it joyfully, okay. Like, I like a ticker box. Um, I've worked really hard and I think that a stuffing should have an outcome, right? But then I remembered that's the old life. And then I went, okay, hang on, hang on, where's the kingdom? Who am I supposed to be living with? A right new life. And I went, okay. 
you know better than me and I don't understand, but okay, right? And then the funny thing is, is that although I'm actually still doing the same thing, there is nowhere near as much weight on it for me. It's actually just a lot of fun now. And I've been working really hard and really stressed for like five years. And now I'm like, well, it's all there. If God wants to do something with it, he can. I'm still being diligent. Nothing might happen. And in the end, it's grown me. How lucky is that? And what if, what if I'm that person that's so stubborn that needs to grow by something that grueling? I think that's probably more the case. But you know what I mean? It's like, what if it's not the outcome, guys? What if it's the walk? What if it's just whatever you're in right now? It's just allowing Jesus to do it with you. Like, you know, then it's not about the doing. It's about the walking and the pure of heart for they will see God is seeing God in everything. Seeing God in everything. Um, and how do we do that? Well, you know what? We've got to start being a little bit more honest with our Jesus. Because I think that when we start to go, oh, you know, I'm so wretched and, you know, less of me and more of you, God. And I oh, thank God I'm just going to creep into heaven one day and I'll handle these things. And when we do that, we miss the point that he wants us to walk with him. But if we go, here I am, I'm, I'm a little bit dark, I'm a little bit light. I'm a little bit big, I'm a little bit small. Some things I'm kind of good at and some things I'm not, but I'm here and I'm honest and you're all, you've got all of me. That is your pure of heart because that is the purest that your heart can give, right? It's all of you. It's your integrity. It's your wholeness. And then he goes, come on. And he walks us through slowly growing and moving and shaping and changing. Don't do this. I just need to sort out this big mess and then once I've got that, I'll be pure enough to step into your presence and then we can walk. This thing, you can have all of this, you know, I'll do all these things for you and stuff because I'm kind of good at that and I know that you'll kind of clean the little last bit of sin out but this dirty one over here, no way. No, I'll keep that one. Don't, don't look at that one. Nah, he already knows, guys. So let's be honest with him. He will help you clean that out if you let it go and be honest and open and allow him. God, you know this week I'm struggling with this and here. Then we become purer at heart. We walk that. What we already are, we start becoming. We let go of the things that are not us. Our sinful nature is not us. And we become more of him. And he goes, yeah. See, the thing is, is so many times we do self-fulfilling prophecies and we create our own thrones and we say, this is what's happening. We go, I'm not a very good friend and nobody likes me. And then I'm going to create these opportunities where I actually pull back and I don't say hello to that new person. And I go, see, see, I've got no friends. And then we sit on this throne and we go, I told you I was right, that that's actually the truth. And, you know, like, where's God in this? I can't see God in this. Or we do things like, see, see, when I did that, it worked. Therefore, the, you need me in my control. My control works. I get the ticker box done and I'm going to sit on my throne and I'm going to say, my influence control is important. And I'm going to tell myself that's the truth. Now, unfortunately, we're sitting on a throne and we're sitting on our kingdoms that are passing away and it's going to crumble underneath us. We're going to end up sitting on the floor and going, what happened? Where's God in this? I can't see God in this. And we turn around and we go like, maybe he's not real. 
because I was sitting on the throne. I was saying what was true, my self-pity and my control and my power and all my beliefs, and they fell to the ground. I don't think God's real. Because the thing is, the first beatitude tells us where we're supposed to be. Bless are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of God is theirs. So we're not supposed to be sitting on here going, see, I told you. I told you that's the truth because I did that and this happened. Because if we get outcome-based, that's what happens. And we sit on here, I told you. No, we've got to get off that throne and we've got to be poor in spirit. And we've got to be here and we've got to go, I just realized that everything that I thought to be true and my beliefs and everything is not true. I just need you. I need to be honest and open and let you into everything. That's the first beatitude. The kingdom of heaven is the people that know the only way is through Jesus. And you know what? Then where does Jesus go? Does he sit on the throne? No. He goes, come on, let's do this together. Let's walk. He doesn't sit up there and go, yes, you were right. Does he? he? Doesn't that's not his kingdom? He could put on my crown, my robe, and go. You know, created the universe, but he doesn't. He comes down, and he goes, "Hold my hand, get up. Don't you know you're perfect? Don't you know you're wonderful? And now that you allow me in, let's walk." And he walks with us. We just have to choose to hold on to his hand, and we can only hold on to his hand if we choose to be honest with him. Because it's not the sinner's prayer, guys. It's not the, okay, dear Lord, accept me in the heart. Thank you. Pure of heart. Boom. Okay, heaven. Whew. Nah. It's not that. It's the walk. It's the come into every part of my life. Let me open up to you. Let me give you the dirtiest, darkest secrets. And let me actually trust you with those. And let's walk together. And let you show me a fullness and wonderful life where I can go through the storms that this kingdom of earth doesn't actually have the same as me. And I can do it with joy and peace and love. And you know what? Pure of heart doesn't mean absence of pain. You're allowed to be upset when things hurt. Jesus got upset. Jesus got angry. Jesus cried. Okay, it's not stoic. It's not, I'm not going to feel. It's not going to be, I'm going to be ultimate positive and go praise God when everything's going wrong. You don't have to do that. It's a, things are so difficult right now, but I know that this isn't the end of the story because I'm walking with Jesus. That's the difference. All right, so we don't need to think that we always have to be like this, super spirit, happy. That's not real life. But you know what? There's so much faith in when things really hurt and you cry and you feel it and you know the depth of it. And then there's this little fire that goes, this hurts so much, but I know he's got something in his kingdom that works out right. It's a knowing and he walks with us, guys. He walks with us. But we have to get off the throne. We have to stop telling ourselves things that aren't true. So what thoughts and behaviours are you and me, because I've asked myself, I wrote these questions and I thought about them. What thoughts and behaviours are you living that is not in line with your pure heart? And everyone knows it because they really niggle at us. Which parts... Which parts that hold you back from being the best version of you? The version of you that walks in wholeness and honesty and love with integrity with your God. Why do you hold on to them? 
because that's your throne. And I'm not doing that to make you shut down and feel awful. I want you to go, ooh, this is really intense, but let me think, where's the truth in this? Because the truth is a Jesus that loves you. There's a truth that you are perfect, that you have a gift from Jesus if you've accepted it, and that's the truth there. So it's not about going, oh my gosh. It's going, yeah, hang on. Let me think about it. Let me critique that out. Let me get rid of that. Okay, let me talk to Jesus about that. Let me be honest with him and let him work it out because that's true. That isn't who I am. That's what we want to do today. And if we go, well, I'm not really sure. I've got some things that I want us to think about. Do you think people who have everything and are better than people that they really get what they want in the end? That, you know, that their relationships are good, that they're peaceful, that when they go home at night, when they're big, not everyone, all right? You might have a mansion and and you're a wonderfully beautiful person. But those people that actually step on the heads of others to get somewhere, do you think they go home with all their millions and go, nailed it? Or do you think that there's a missing part of no relationship, no peace? Or do you think people who are unkind or abusive or selfish, that they feel good when they get up in the morning? Do they feel good about themselves? Or is there life to include habits that numb the pain? Maybe there's drugs in there. Maybe there's, you know, abuse of others or stuff to make them ignore that. They try to ignore the grief in the morning and they don't really feel that. They don't accept those feelings and move through them. Do they feel fully free? Are arrogant people liked or merely feared? Do you want to be feared? Do you envy those people? Let's think about it. Is this fullness of life? Um how much more beautiful would it be to be fully known and fully accepted or people just are scared of you and talk behind your back? Um, Do you think people that are on their righteous high horse and demand justice and right responses and they have no mercy and they go, no, it has to be this way, um, do you think they fail harder and they might be more critical on themselves in the quiet? Like this is the kingdom that we want to get rid of. Because we might tell ourselves on the throne, we might look at others and go, oh, but see, their lives are working so well. We might tell ourselves that, but that's not reality. That's the theory. Theory is you work really hard and you're really clever at what you do and you push everyone else out of the way, you have money and you'll be happy. That's the theory. But then people get there and go, I don't want this. I'm not going to tell anyone else that though, because I've worked my whole life for this. But, you know, or it's like, Oh, what if I'm unkind to that person because then I actually feel nervous and I don't want them to know who I really am. And then I go home and go, why don't people know who I really am? So this kingdom that we're told about all the time, it falls away. But then God's saying, what about this kingdom? Could you imagine every conversation you were in was sprinkled with grace? Could you imagine coming into church and knowing that you could genuinely go how your week was and know whatever you said, even if you stumbled over your words, you said something really dumb or really offensive, that people wouldn't give you anything but grace? Imagine if you could respond with grace and mercy by default, that every time you talk to someone, that you could actually go and see them the way Jesus does. Imagine knowing when to speak and when to not. I would like that one. (laughs) All the loud people in the room say, yeah. Um, 
Imagine loving with such passion and such vulnerability that your relationships, even if it's with this complicated, annoying person, you know, who's, who's um, your partner or your child or your mom or your brother or your sister or your friend, imagine loving them with so much passion, being so honest and so vulnerable that you can love them anyway and have a great relationship, even though they're not perfect. Imagine having peace beyond all understanding and genuinely be comforted when things are really awful, actually feeling that. Imagine a genuine joy in your heart. Imagine seeing the wonder in every moment, that everywhere you look, you see God. Imagine seeing God in everything and trying new things and being bold enough to try things that seem terrifying, but risking with God and doing something amazing you never thought that you could achieve. Imagine being pleasantly surprised by how amazing you are. Or imagine being known for being so kind and making people feel so special that every time that you speak to them, they go away and they feel better about themselves. This is the kingdom of heaven. And we walk through and become pure of heart, which means more of us and Jesus together and less of the stuff that isn't us. And we see God in everything We see it right here and right now. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. That's what Jesus is talking about, not scrape into heaven. It's not what he's talking about. So what I want to encourage you is we have nothing to lose. The kingdom that we're talking about brings all those beautiful things. It doesn't bring material things. It, It could. That may or may not happen. But in your heart, in your soul, those kind of attributes will grow in us if we choose to come and stand at the feet of Jesus and say, come into every part of my heart, purify me, show me who you've really created me to be and let me walk with you. His promises are the best life. That's what it is. It's just the best life looks different to what the world's best life promises. But his is eternal and it's constant and it doesn't fall away. So we have to keep reminding ourselves of which life we now live in and not get sucked back in to the narrative that we hear over and over again. We need to remind ourselves of what the reality really is. And we can't do it without him. And we don't have to. And we don't have to get it right. If we think like that, we miss the point. All we need to do is take hold of his hand and walk. And it's not about all or nothing because, remember, we are becoming. So it's not about, oh, I got it right today, but oh, then I got it wrong tomorrow, and then I try again, and then I got tomorrow, and then I, and then I oh, oh, you know. It's not like that. It's just walk, just walk. Walk has, that has part of it, okay? The, uh, the highs and downs is part of the walk. It's a mountain, okay? So it just walk it. 2 Corinthians 3.18, so all of us have had the veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of God. So we can see it and we can also reflect it. So we can become who we're called to be. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we change in His glorious image. He makes us more and more like Him. He makes us more and more like Him. He makes us more and more like Him. Okay, we don't work to do it or we don't tick the boxes to do it. We walk with him and he makes us like that. And more and more into his what? Enough to scrape into heaven. His glorious image, glorious, glorious image. 
We are supposed to turn heads with our amazing kindness and loveliness and the way that we act and our mercifulness and our drive and our joy and our passion. People go, did you see that person? You know, that is who we are called to be, guys, and we can have that. It is right here. The kingdom of heaven is right here in our grasp. It says, Ephesians 2.13, But now you have been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You were brought near to him. Don't get stuck in the ritual. Don't get stuck in Christian ritual. Get stuck in a Jesus. Walk with him. Build a relationship with him. Talk to him. Be honest with him. Allow him in and he will take us somewhere individually. So beautiful. So beautiful. So I want you to have a think. Five years ago, where were you? You know, if you think about where you were, because sometimes we condemn ourselves and go, I don't know. Five years ago, where were you? And with your walk in Jesus, maybe you didn't even know he existed or maybe you were in a really messy place or maybe you feel like I kind of lost a few things from five years ago and I probably need to come back on the walk. Or what about a year ago? Are you like, actually, I'm actually doing a lot better than a year ago. I'm, I, I hear God more. I'm walking with him more. I feel like I'm becoming more gracious and merciful and I think I'm accepting his love into my heart more. Well, give yourself a thumbs up. Don't condemn. And then if you're like, oh, you know what? If I'm honest, I think that I've kind of started walking on my own a little bit. Don't condemn yourself either. Just come back and grab his hand. You know? Just grab his hand and go, today, let's do this again. Because I think you've got a better idea than I do. And imagine a life where we live out his mandate, guys. Imagine that. Imagine what it's like. Imagine what it's like. Because that kingdom of heaven is here for us today. May his kingdom come, may his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, which means right here, right now, today. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you want to see God in your life? And just step into his presence, be open and in true with the heart that you have right now, right today, and go, I accept you and allow you to pour yourself into me and walk me on this journey to become more like you and you will see your God. I bless you today, my darling people. I hope that this has messed you up. I hope that it has got your mind bending like it has for me for the last four weeks. So welcome to the journey. Um, But I really hope that you hear your Jesus speak to you um, with how special you are, with how important you are to the story and how wonderful you are made. I bless you today.